Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. I want to begin a new series that I could tell my time is going by really fast. So I want to jump right into it today. And I want to begin a new series understanding this thought. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. I've shared this thought before. I've understood this thought before. But I want you to think about this for just a moment. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Because what that means is that what has happened in the past, no matter what it is, good or bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever has taken place, it is in your past. Yesterday really did end last night. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. The only way our past continues to affect us is if we reach back to our past, if we look back to our past, and allow our past to drive our future. So what we want to recognize today in this series is that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen. I want you to think about that today because I think that there's two extremes the enemy works in all of, all of the time. He, he often brings challenges into our life. He brings disappointments. He brings fears into our life. He brings all kinds of issues into our life because he wants us to get us bound up in those things and become fearful and not believe and trust God. But can I tell you that God, the enemy will also use successes in your life to limit your walk with him? Because what happens in a lot of our lives is when we're going through a challenging time, we really cry out to God. God, I need you. God, will you help me? Lord, I need healing in my body. God, I need, I need my relationship and my marriage restored. God, I need a financial breakthrough in my life. But when things are going good in our lives, a lot of times it's very easy for us to forget about God. And so we want to go into this new year understanding that we want to live a life of faith. Today is a brand new day. Again, yesterday really did end last night. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Let me make it a little smaller. This next moment that we have together is the first moments of the rest of your life. Now that doesn't mean that there isn't gonna be some residual effect to things that have happened in our past. But 2017 is over. It's, it's gone. In fact, we need to start charting a new course, head in a new direction. And that's why God says this in Isaiah 43. See, I am doing a new thing. How many of you want God to do some new things in your life? Listen, this is why he tells us in the verse before, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Some of you are, are driving your life by looking in the rearview mirror. You're looking at your life, and instead of entering into some relationships because you've been hurt in the past, you're afraid of entering into some relationships. Some of you are having a hard time believing that God is a healer, that God is a restorer, that God wants to bless you because you're looking at your past and you're allowing your past to drive your future. What would happen if we get our, would get our hands off of the wheel and say, Jesus, take the wheel? Right. Sounds like a country western song, right? <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Lord, let me put you in charge of my life. Richie, I don't know how to do that. Why not make some changes in 2018? Have you ever noticed that we're creatures of habits and how easy it is to get in a rut in our lives? And all a rut is is a grave with the ends knocked out? Why not make some changes in 2018? Listen to this. Instead of just being a fan of Jesus, why not become a follower of Jesus? Instead of trying to just work Jesus into our life on Sundays or occasionally or these certain God moments, why not put Jesus at the center of your life? Let him be the Lord and the Savior of your life. 
You see, the definition of insanity, or at least one definition, is continuing to do the same thing and expecting different results. Are you tired of things that happened in 2017 that also happened in 2016, that also happened in 2015, that also happened in... You get the point? Are you tired of some of those things happening? We need to change our behaviors. We need to change some habits in our life. If we're going to see some things change in our life, then we need to make a decision that I'm going to change some things in 2018. This is a year of new beginnings. But Pastor Richie, I've tried that before. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many times you tried something and started out and it didn't work out. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Now, a lot of you are really into social media, and instead of just liking the things that Jesus does, you know, we we hit the like button, like button, oh yeah, like that. I don't know if you're like me, but typically when y'all make posts, I'm kind of going like, okay, scroll up, like, scroll up, like, right? And that's what we do with God sometimes. We come in, we hear a promise, like that promise, okay, what else? Oh, here's another promise, like that promise, okay, like that promise. What if instead of being a fan and just liking the things that God did, we became a follower? Help me to understand when you're saying, Pastor Richie, that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, what does that really mean? I don't want to just hit the like button. I really want to understand what that means. How about if we began thinking at a whole nother level? Because I've got to tell you that one of the things that God has really been speaking to my heart is about is I'm responsible for me. I'm not responsible for you. No one's responsible for you but you. And if I begin to change the way that I think, if I begin to change some of my behaviors, there's going to be some amazing things that are going to start taking place in my life in 2018. I'm believing God to have a better marriage than I have now. And I just got to let you all know, I have a phenomenal marriage. I was locked in a cabin for five days with my beautiful bride, and it was just a little piece of heaven on earth, I got to tell you. It was awesome. Won't go into a lot of details and embarrass y'all, but it was just awesome just to be able to spend time. It's already amazing, but can I tell you, I've begun to scratch the surface, just begun to scratch the surface about how amazing my marriage is going to be. Do you know why? Because I'm thinking all the time, how can I be a better husband? How can I do things? Instead of the way I used to think, how can she change? Why doesn't she be better? She is better. She's better than me. In fact, some in fact, I posted something about, about my uh, mar- our, our anniversary we celebrated on Friday, and someone said, man, you married way over your head. I say, amen, I did. And praise be to God. And all the gentlemen here today said, amen. So we've got to stop letting our feelings and emotions run our life. Y'all, we really got to hear this. We, we've got to stop allowing how we get up in the morning to determine how our day is going to be. I wake up grumpy sometimes. Sometimes I let him sleep. But sometimes, all right, I wake up grumpy some mornings. And I've got the opportunity when I wake up to decide, is this how I'm going to live my day? Am I going to be grumpy all day long? Am I, am I going to be in this bad mood? How many of you ever wake up with a, having a bad dream and it just, man, just jacks with you? I mean, you wake up going, man, how'd that happen? What on earth's going on? In that moment, you've got a choice to say, am I going to let my feelings drive my life? Or am I going to understand who I am as a follower of Jesus Christ and let that run my life? I mean, how well do, you don't let, feel, you can't let feelings run your life in any area. Think about it with your going to school. How about if you only studied when you felt like studying. 
Some of you are dealing with kids that are just like that, so there's going to be a great message for them today. Listen, if you did that, you wouldn't make the grade. But more importantly, you wouldn't get an education. Just think about if you made a decision to live by your feelings that I'm going to go to work when I feel like going to work. Probably not going to get paid. Probably not going to have a job for very long. How about if you decided this, and this is one that's been a challenge for me in the last several months. How about if you work out only when you feel like working out? How many of you know the bed really does hold on tight to you in the mornings and doesn't let you get, oh, man, I want to work out so much. Well, yeah, I'm just not going to be able to do it today. In fact, it's amazing when you start doing things not based on your feelings, how other people begin to notice the change that's taking place in your life. I've been working out with Daniel, and Daniel is is a phenomenal trainer and coach because he pushes me. He pushes me to be when I want to quit. Now, I have to be honest with you. There are times when he's not looking that I'm 27, 28, 29 like this with my push-ups, and I'm really not doing them because I can't keep up with him yet. But he's pushing me, and and so I go there, and I promise you there's not ever a morning that I get up at 545 that I go, Whoa-hoo! Man, I can't wait to go work out today. Not once. Every time, it's, man, I don't really want to do this. Oh, well, take that thought captive. Yes, I do want to do this. Because, listen, I'm not interested in just looking hot. I know some of it kind of surprises y'all, but I'm interested. <laughs> some of you are like, no, no, we're not surprised at all. What, what I'm interested in is being healthy. And when I understand why, why I'm doing what I'm doing, it motivates me to get up that my feelings aren't going to drive me anymore. So I have to, by faith, many of you were in that series we did a few months ago where I had that Muslim man picture of me. By faith, that's what I'm seeing in my mind's eye right now. I'm seeing myself healthy and I'm seeing myself fit. We can't let our feelings drive us. Now, are you going to be able to do everything perfectly all the time? No. In fact, let me let you in on a little secret. Even though it may appear like other people always do it perfectly, None of us do it perfectly all the time. In fact, it isn't something that we're trying to achieve something that's unachievable, perfection. In fact, catch this. It's not an issue of perfection. It's an issue of direction. It's it's an issue of not doing it right all the time. It's an issue of am I heading in the right direction? Am I learning how to be more consistent in the things of God? Listen, it's about setting a course for your life. It's about having a vision for your life. In your mind's eye, do you have a vision for your life today? In fact, Proverbs 29 says this, that where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Some of your translations say that they perish. Some of them say that they cast off restraint. Because you see, when you don't understand where you're trying to arrive at, you don't know how to get to where you want to arrive at. And so it's just based on, Yeah, Pastor Richie said I should do this, or yeah, this person said I should work out, or they said I should eat healthy, so let me just try it. But when you have a vision, you understand where you're going to arrive at. So where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. The word vision means to have a mental image in your mind. That it's about seeing in your mind's eye what it is that you want your life to look about. I'm going to ask you to do do me a favor. Close your eyes real quick. I want to ask you just to close your eyes, and I want to ask you just to look at your life for just a moment, and look at, look at the picture in your mind of your future. What do you see? Do you see the amazing life 
the amazing relationships, that amazing marriage? Do you see yourself healthy? Do you see yourself prosperous? Do you see yourself successful? Do you see that in your mind's eye? Okay, you can open up your eyes back again. Listen, if not, we've got to get a new vision of the way that God sees your future. Get a vision of who your God actually is. Your God is not a mean, disappointed father. Your God is a loving, heavenly father that is more for you than you are for you. You've got to get a vision of who you are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. So as true followers of Jesus Christ, we need to learn how to live a life of faith. Not a life of feeling, well, I feel like God loves me today. I love feeling like God loves me. But whether I feel like it or not, I've got to live a life of faith. Listen, don't just use your faith from time to time or when you're in the middle of a difficult circumstance. Live by faith. Have God at the center of your life. When you're about ready to make a business decision, when you're thinking about branching out into a new area in something, just begin to say, God, I want to put you at the center. God, is what, what I'm about to do what you want me to do? Live by faith. Live by faith 24-7, 365. Or even better, live by God, 60, 60, 60, 24, 7, 365. 60 seconds a day, 60 minutes a day, 60 hour, minutes in an hour, 24 hours, 365 a day, all the time. Live for God all the time. That sounded a lot better in my mind when I had it really working out. So how about beginning to see 2018 as a year of new beginnings? I know sometimes this is hard because there's so much from our past that is still affecting our future. But how about beginning to see it as a new beginnings with today being the first day of the rest of your life mentality. Get a fresh vision of your life. Get a fresh vision of the vision that God has for your life. Learn how to live by faith. So what is the key to living by faith? But what is the key that's going to really help you to live by faith? And I know it's the key because I put a little asterisk next to it here in my notes. You're going to only be able to live a life of faith, listen to this, if you really believe that God has an amazing plan for your life. If you really begin to understand how good God is, how amazing God is, how much God wants you to succeed in all areas and arenas of your life, that is going to be the thing that is going to empower you to live by faith. Because when you get a vision of what God wants for you, you understand the inheritance that comes from living a life of faith. Listen, the other night I was talking with my wife and she'd put her, arm on my, her hand on my arm and she goes, oh man, you're getting toned. I said, yeah, I just prayed about that. Man, that just showed up one day. <laughs> now, how many of you know that did not happen? I had to exercise. I had to, I had to put myself in a position to understand I want the inheritance of being healthy that God has for me. So I want to do what I think God's calling me to do. God may not be calling all of us to do that, but what God's calling me to do to walk in the fullness of life that God has for me. So we want to live a life of faith. So what is faith? Now, I know a lot of you know this, but in case you're new here today and you don't understand what faith is, let me just show you real quickly from Hebrews 11. It says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, we read a promise of God. Wow, that's amazing. I'm hoping that's going to show up in my life. I'm believing it's going to show up in my life even before it shows up. That's faith. 
that we get challenged in living a life of faith and we often think that we've got to have great faith. I've got to have this amazing faith. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 17. If you have faith as a mustard seed. So it doesn't take great faith. It just takes faith. So I got to have faith, faith, faith. I got to have faith because I got to have faith, faith, faith. We need to have faith operating in our lives. So today, I want to look at faith, and I want to look at it in a way that you may have never looked at faith before. All right, Romans chapter 4. In fact, this is a brand new year. You know what? This would be a good time to start a habit of taking notes in service, writing down some of these verses. Romans chapter 4, verse 13 says this. For the promise, talking about the promises that God has for us, that he, talking about Abraham, who is the father of faith, would be an heir of the world. Is there anybody here today that wants to be an heir of the world? You want to inherit, about eight of us, that really want to inherit all that God has for us. All right. Was not to Abraham or to his seed, talking about all of us, through the law. In other words, it doesn't happen when I do everything right. All right. But through a righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made no effect. In other words, if we could earn it by our behavior, then faith wouldn't have any issue in it. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith, catch this, that it might be according to grace. Look at that last line again. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Now, what is grace? Grace is the unearned, undeserved unmerited favor of God. So every time we think about, sing about, talk about God's amazing grace, it's because we really do understand that it's amazing. It's unearned. It's undeserved. It's unmerited favor of God. So according to this verse, we could say, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor reading on in that verse so that the promise might be sure we want the sure promises happening up in our lives to all the seed not only to those who are of the law but also to those who are of faith of abraham who is the father of us all so how can we know that the promises will be sure in our life notice that it is by grace through faith are you all seeing that that it's by god's grace through faith. So we've got to combine God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor along with our confident expectation about good things happening in our life in order for the promise to be sure or the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus to be sure in our lives. Are you all hearing me? Because I'll tell you what happens. Situations happen. Situation that's currently happening begins to drive what we believe more than the word of God. So we've got to have this faith in the grace of God. It's by grace through faith if we want to see the promises of God happening in our life. That's why God's word says this in Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved. How many of you are thankful that it wasn't based upon your performance? That we didn't have to get good enough to come to God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. There it is again. Grace through faith. Now, a lot of times we don't understand the full weight of this verse because we have a limited understanding of what this verse means. We read it and we say, okay, I've experienced that already. I've given my life to Christ. I'm saved by grace through faith. 
So let me show up to church on Sunday. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to show up as often as I can, by golly. Just try to pay my dues until Jesus either takes me home, comes back in the rapture. I'm just going to kind of abide in here. And it's because we don't understand this verse. We don't understand that this word saved is one of my, or this word saved, yes, is one of my favorite Greek words, sozo. And it is an all-encompassing word. It is not just saved from hell. Now, how many of you are thankful that you're saved from hell? But it's not just saved from hell. It means that you are saved from sickness and disease. Well, Pastor Rich, you've got to see my body. I don't care what your body says. I know what the Word of God says, that you're saved from sickness and disease, that you're saved from every evil spirit. He might be attacking you. He might be jacking with you, but you're already saved, that you're saved from poverty. I said you're saved from poverty today. You're saved from the curse. You are saved in every area and arena of your life. But because we think it only means saved from hell, we read this and think, okay, I'm saved from hell, I'm good, there's nothing else. And when we, it's because we think, again, saved from hell is the ultimate, while it is, but we are saved by grace through faith, and we don't meditate on and understand what that fully means. Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. He came that you had life to the full. And again, while it's true that we are saved from hell, praise be to God, that is only a part of what God saved us for. Sozo also means healing. Now I gotta tell you today, this is the area that I get challenged in more than any other. In really believing that God's a healer. But I want you to know, I've made a choice to set my believer to God is a healer. The enemy whispers in my ear all the time, but God is a healer. God is a healer. By his stripes, the Bible says, I am healed today. So God is a healer. In Matthew chapter 9, there's a woman who suffered with an issue of blood for 12 years. She heard about the good news of Jesus. She heard what Jesus was doing, that he was healing people. She heard about his grace, the unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor of God. So Jesus passes by. She reaches out and touches his garment. And the moment she touches Jesus, she's healed. Listen to Jesus' response in Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Check out the word well. It means healed. It's the same Greek word, sozo. In this context, the translators are saying, Your faith has made you well. But because it's in the context of healing, Jesus isn't saying you're saved from hell. He's saying your faith has made you well. She was healed in her body. Again, it's the same Greek word, sozo. And so we can look at Ephesians 2 and say, it's by grace you have been healed through faith. It's by grace that you have been delivered through faith. It's by grace that you have been made prosperous through faith. It means saved, hailed, healed, delivered, not hailed, delivered, blessed, set free, made prosperous through faith. We have to, in 2018, we've got to get a fresh vision of our life. Because when I asked you to close your eyes earlier, how many of you still saw yourself lacking? How many of you still saw yourself sick? How many of you still saw yourself getting beat up by the enemy? We've got to get a fresh vision of our life. We've got to get a mental image of our life. We need to begin to see ourselves as completely saved, healed, delivered, prosperous today. Listen, I know the enemy's whispering in your ear right now. 
Rich, you don't know my situation. You don't know how disqualified I am because of my past behavior. Listen, your behavior never qualified you for God's promises in the first place. You are qualified simply because of the good news of Jesus Christ. We simply have to believe and receive God's promises. We have to say, God, that's the mental picture that you have for me. See, people can come up to you and say, how you doing? You can say, well, I'm doing so-so, or I've been so-zoed. And begin to understand what that really means. And I'm telling you right now, the devil is trying to steal the word that's coming towards you right now. You've been sozoed. So we see in Ephesians 2, by the undeserved favor of God, you've been sozoed through faith. Check it out again. For by grace, again, undeserved favor. How many of you recognize you didn't earn it or deserve it? You have been saved. You've been healed. You've been delivered. You've been made prosperous through faith. Notice that it's grace and faith. That they go together, they're working hand in hand, and that not of yourselves. Now the that that they're talking about is not talking about salvation, it's talking about your faith. It wasn't your faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen, the faith that comes for us to receive from God, even that faith is a gift. It's not of works. It's not, oh, I've got to stir up a lot of faith. It's God, I trust you. God's going to give me faith, lest anyone should boast. In other words, the moment that you start boasting about having great faith, and that's why God blessed you, it shows that you don't recognize that faith was a gift. And if faith is a gift from God, how can we boast in anything that we've done? We can't. See, we recognize that it wasn't our faith, it was His grace. The unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor that God had towards me. You see, the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew 19, she wasn't even aware of her faith. I got to talk to those of you, especially you've been in church for a while, because you're praying all the time. Okay, here's my faith, here's my faith, here's my faith, here's my faith. She wasn't even aware of her faith. All she was aware of is the grace of God. That the Son of Man had come and he was healing people. And that's why when she came up behind Jesus, she said this, If only I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. Again, she wasn't conscious of her faith. She was only conscious of Jesus. So she reached out to Jesus and was made completely well. After Jesus asked who would touch her and she admitted it, he said to this, Be of good cheer, daughter, because your faith has sozoed you. Your faith has made you well. And this is what I want you to notice, that she wasn't conscious of her faith. She was conscious of Jesus' grace. I'm telling you, it's so easy because it's so easy to look at, what am I doing wrong that I'm not receiving the promise? Man, God, I've marched around the wall six times already. I guess I'm out. And there are so many of you that, man, you are just that far away, one step, half a step away from walking in the fullness of what God has for you, but you're just going, you know, God, I haven't seen it yet. Because you're looking at yourself. You've got to get your eyes off of ourselves. What can I do? How can I make it work? And God, it's all about your goodness. Here's what your word says. By your stripes we are healed. God, here's what your word says, God, that the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no sorrow to it. So God, I just trust your word. I don't trust my circumstances or myself. When we see God in his grace, that's when he sees us in our faith. When you begin to say, God, you're so amazing. God, I'm not sure how I'm getting past this. God, I don't, I don't know how you're going to work this out in my marriage and my finances and my health, whatever it is. But God, I'm thankful that you are so good. God, I'm thankful that you, here's what your word says, and you stand on the word of God. So how do we receive this gift of faith? 
Romans 10 says this, so then faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. It comes from hearing. It comes from hearing. Because we step out and we trust God and we believe God, but when it doesn't show up fast enough, suddenly we start to say, well, I guess it just isn't going to happen for me. We buy into wrong theology. We buy into wrong mindsets and we start saying over our life, I guess it isn't just going to happen to me. I guess that the only way I'm going to be healed is one day when I get to heaven. I guess, God, the only way that you're going to allow financial breakthrough to happen in my life, God, is just if I win the lottery or something. Or, God, one day when I get to heaven, I'll get to walk on streets of gold. And we don't recognize that we are speaking words of faith. It's just in the wrong thing. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, which brings me to what I want to close with today. Listen, it doesn't take a lot of work to make it to celebration services on Sunday. It really doesn't. I know sometimes it's a challenge. And you'll be amazed at how many times on your way here, for those of you that have small kids, they miss in their britches on the way here. And you want to turn back around and go, well, I guess we're just not going to make it today. Or husbands and wives, you have a fight on the way to church. No one's smiling or looking. Everyone's looking straight ahead. It's amazing what the devil will do to try to keep you from coming to hear the word of God. Because see, every Sunday morning from me and the pulpit, whoever's up here, you're going to hear the words of Christ. You're going to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. And you may have been hearing junk all week long, but you're going to get an opportunity to hear about the words of Christ from this platform. But can I tell you, it's going to go beyond that. You're going to connect with an usher, a greeter. You're going to get in a small group. You're going to get around some other people. And suddenly they're going to be speaking the words of Christ into your life too. And you're like, man, I I just don't think I'm going to be able to make it. And they're going to stand up beside you and go, no, you are going to make it. Listen, you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror today. And God's got great plans for your marriage. I don't care what the enemy has done. You're going to hear the words of Christ all the time. And faith is going to start standing up in your life. But the enemy doesn't want you showing up on Sundays. Listen, it isn't about some religious duty or some religious activity. And it's not about us just counting butts and bucks, I promise. Yes, we can say butt in church. It isn't about that. As we've said repeatedly, we want something for you, not something from you. We want to see you walk in the fullness of life that God has for you. We want to see you be the overcomer, the conqueror that God's called you to be. But all week long, the enemy's doing everything that he can to bring things into your life to discourage you. You've got to show up on Sunday so you can hear the word of God. Because God wants you to walk in an amazing life. This is ama- there's an amazing life that he wants to lavish on you. But I've got to warn you, there's effort involved. There really is. You're going to have to crucify the flesh, the feelings to get here. Like the woman who had the issue of blood who pushed through the crowd. Can I tell you, she was weak and frail. It would have been very easy for her to say, you know what, God, if you want to heal me, just do it right here in my bed because I'm not getting up. God's always looking for a response. That's why the Bible says that as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. He's looking for us to walk out what we say we believe. God, you're the most important thing in my life, but God, I'm not going to be able to really make it to church and connect with the body of Christ, but you're the most important thing in my life. And I know that this can sound legalistic, and I know that it can sound like I'm trying to make you come to church, and I promise I'm not. I'm talking about putting yourself in a position where you can be a success, because there are going to be challenging circumstances. 
There's going to be things that you're facing, negative, negative situations that are going to challenge your faith in the goodness of God. And so you've got to get around some people who are saying, man, God's got a great plan for your life. You're more than a conqueror today. You're more than an overcomer. Listen, you're blessed in the city, blessed in the country. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You've got to hear the life-giving words of Jesus Christ. Because our enemy, the devil, would like nothing more than you to buy into the lie that, you know what, God doesn't know you. God doesn't know what's going on in your life. He doesn't understand what you're walking through today. So you're going to have to fill your heart and mind with the word of God. Listen, you're not, not only going to have to have faith, you're going to have to exercise your faith. See, God's got a vision for your life, and that's why we've organized ourselves as a church around the vision that we believe that God has for your life. First thing that God wants is for you to know him. That's where it all starts. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. But for those of us that already know him, we came to know him, God wants us to really know him. To not just know a little bit about him. Okay, he was, yeah, he did that thing on Calvary, but to really know how good and how amazing God is. He wants us to know him. The second thing God wants for you is for you to find freedom. Because we all have some issues. All of us. There's some of us, we recognize the issues that we've got. They pop up all the time. We go, oh, I got an issue with that. There's some of you that you don't even know that you've got an issue. You don't, but there's damaging things going on around you all the time. And you don't recognize that God wants you to be free from your past. That the reason why you treat people like that or the reason why you feel like this is because of some junk from your past that you just haven't dealt with. And God wants you to be free. You can be a follower of Jesus Christ going to heaven and live in hell on earth simply because you're bound up with some stuff that God wants you to be free from. Third thing is we believe the vision that God has for your life is God wants you to discover your purpose. You have an amazing purpose. You don't know what I walked through. I'm telling you, what you walk through, God will even use what you walk through as a part of your purpose. And just because you can't maybe necessarily get on the stage or you can't sing, you think, well, I don't really have that spiritual purpose. you got an amazing purpose. Some of you have the gift of giving. That's why you became a part of the kingdom builders. Some of you have the gift of administration. Some of you have the gift of serving. That Man, you walk in and, and like there's a group of people right over here that every week they flip the sanctuary. They, they lay everything out nice. And when, when you guys leave and leave your trash, they pick it all up, put everything back. They've got the gift of serving. We all have a gift. And the challenging thing is that we want to get you to the four-step of making a difference. Can you imagine if a body was actually functioning in the fullness of what God had for it? Let's just say this part of my body is the body that's working and this part of me is not. I'm going to go around in circles quite a bit, aren't I? And unfortunately, it's what happens a lot of times in the body of Christ. We're not, we're not impacting society simply because people are going, I'm just such a small part. My part doesn't matter. Your part matters. It may look like everything's always going perfect around here, but it's not. We've got people that are doing two and three things sometimes because we're waiting on you to step into the purpose that God has for you. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you, 2018, a year of new beginnings. For one year, give us, give us the year of 2018 and follow this plan in your life. Show up on, on Sundays. Every time you're not sick and you're in town, show up on Sundays. Start to really know God and really understand who God is. Get in a small group. We're signing up right now. It's a perfect time so that you can really find freedom in your life. 
Because there's some of you that you've lived a certain way for so long, you think it's the way to live. And, and you get around some people and you start going, well, man, this is the way it is. And you're going to have some people that are going to love you enough. They're not there to correct you, but they're going to help you recognize, hey, don't say that. Don't say it like that. How many of you ever had somebody say that to you? It's the most enlightening thing in the world. And suddenly you start going, I never even thought that that was mean. Because at my family, hey, we're all just shooting each other. So, man, if I'm just cussing someone out, I'm actually doing pretty good. Give us a year. Find freedom in your life. Listen, discover your purpose today. Step two of the growth track. Today's a great day to get in, get plugged in. It's a great day for you to understand the way that you're wired. I talk with couples all the time. And they're, they're not getting along sometimes because they're not speaking the same language. It's seriously like one speaking Mandarin and one speaking English. And they're talking and I'm like, do you guys, are you listening to each other? But when they begin to understand the way that they're wired, oh, I just naturally am a little bit more assertive or I'm a little bit more passive. And they begin to understand the way the other person's wired. Suddenly, man, their relationship, they begin to actually talk and actually begin to hear each other. You're going to discover your spiritual purpose, that you've got a spiritual purpose. And sometimes it's something as spiritual as cleaning up the sanctuary. I'm telling you, it's all spiritual because what we're doing is we're preparing an atmosphere for people to come to know Christ. Listen, when I finally got serious about wanting to be healthy, and I tell you, I really am. You can ask my wife. I worked out this week while I was on vacation. Listen, I looked around for someone that, were do, that was doing the things that were making them healthy, and I decided that if I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to do the things that they're doing. Because you know what we typically do? We already know. Right? I already know how to get healthy. That's right. Man, I could just take this pill, and if I go to the gym and just show up and have a coffee, just being at the gym naturally makes me healthy. You've got to do the things that other people are doing. And if you want to walk in the fullness of life, Get around the body of Jesus Christ and find people. Man, they got a great marriage. I'd like to figure out how they've got a great marriage. Man, they, they seem to be doing well financially. Man, I'm, I'm going to get around them. I want to get in a small group dealing with my finances to, to understand how to be financially healthy. I want, I want to get around someone and I want to understand how to get free from my past, some issues that I've got going on in my life. Tony, it'll make all the difference of the life because if you'll get a vision of the life that God has for you, you'll change and not only will you notice it, everyone else will notice it. They'll begin to say, what's going on in your life? You can start saying, let me tell you about the grace and the goodness of my God. So it begins with you realizing that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Get a God-inspired vision of your life. Try to throw off the junk, the mindsets that the enemy has saddled you with and find out what God wants your life to look like. Blessed, healed, prosperous, great marriage, fit, healthy emotionally, free from fear, free from depression. Those are the things that God wants for you. In fact, this is what he says in 3 John 1, and I really am closing. Beloved, I pray that in all respects, in all things, all things, God wants us to prosper and be in good health just as our soul prospers. Then walk out the vision. You won't do it perfectly. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to quit. You have to stand back up again. But walk out the vision. Live a life of faith by positioning yourself to arrive at the destination that you believe that God has for you. And you're going to see 2018 is going to be a breakthrough year for some of you. Some dreams that God has put in your heart for a long time. Some things that you've been believing in for. You're going to see some amazing, amazing things happen. Simply by grace through faith. 
I want to say, close with this. When we see God in his grace, that's when he sees us in our faith. I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to do one more time what I asked you earlier in the service. And that is, I want to ask you just to, when you close your eyes, do you see the amazing life that God has for you? Are you beginning to get a picture of it? Are you beginning to see what it is that God has for your life? Do you see your marriage successful? You're being healthy and prosperous, successful in your career. That's the plan that God has for you today. So Lord, I pray today. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.